Hi there, and welcome to the Murray Resources Podcast, where we dive into common job search and career-related topics and questions. My name is Scott White, and I'm the Marketing Specialist at Murray Resources, a recruiting and staffing firm that has worked with thousands of employers and placed tens of thousands of candidates over our 30-year history. We're here to use our firm's experience to give job seekers a peek behind the curtain into the recruiting industry, and more specifically, to offer tips and techniques that can help them land the perfect job. So, if you're looking for tips to take your career to the next level, then you're listening to the right podcast. Have you ever wanted to know how to make a career transition, or how recruiters help you in your job search, and what the time frame even is for the recruiting process? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with on this week's show, where you'll learn more about the recruiting process and what it's like working with a recruiter. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Murray Resources Podcast. With us today, I have Elizabeth Orea. She's the search director at Murray Resources. She oversees the entire Murray professional team. She's got eight years in recruiting, with nearly five of them being at Murray Resources. And she was featured recently in a Houston Chronicle article about staffing and recruiting. How are you doing today, Liz? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, so I think, you know, we obviously we get a lot of questions uh, that are asked by candidates. Um, and one of the biggest ones that we've kind of talked about on past episodes of the show, but I, you know, I, I really think that you're going to bring a good, uh, a good unique perspective to this is what really do recruiting firms do and how do they help, you know, job seekers find them jobs? Sure. So recruiting firms are really just a great resource to add to your job search. Um, We eliminate the very defeating process of feeling like you're submitting your resume over and over again into a black hole online um, because of the relationships that we have with our clients. So once we've kind of established parameters with the candidate that we've met with, we do our best to reach out about opportunities that are in line with what we discussed. Um, we have relationships with hiring managers and companies um, that you know you're not going to find online, and and oftentimes we're able to present the candidate as not just a resume but as a person. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think I think a lot of a lot of you know job seekers, and you know, I mean, I did at one point years ago think that recruiters really do exist just to help find job seekers jobs, you mm-hmm. know. But I think a lot of people, you know, that you know, like like you mentioned, they don't really think about the the end where, you know, at the end of the day, clients are really the ones paying our bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so while it is a nice thought <laughs> to mm-hmm. think that we can help uh, everybody find a job, you know, at the end of the day, it's not really, you know, really what we're here for. Um, so I guess that kind of brings us to, you know, people looking for jobs, you know, if what, you know, if someone calls um, or contacts you in some way and says, hey, I want to make a complete career, you know, switch, you know, I'm, I'm in marketing right now, but I really want to go into teaching or I really want to be, you know, an engineer. Um, how, how would you, you know, go about explaining someone to do that? Sure. So, you know, I would be very honest with them that we would not be the best resource for them to utilize. Um, career transitions for recruiting firms are tough. Um, you know, obviously we're, we do what we do because we love helping people, but our job is to fill very specific roles that, as you said, we are we are given by our clients. So with these roles come very specific parameters. And as much as we, you know, wish we could say, you know, this person's fantastic because she's been in teaching or whatever it may be, if, if she doesn't have the specific years that they're looking for and the duties and responsibilities that they're looking for someone to have done or certifications, then 
it, it we just it wouldn't be in anyone's interest best interest to be able to present that so we're we're really not the best resource for complete career transitions okay and so i mean what are you know what are some of the typical roles that you you know fill um and how do you you know how do, how do candidates interact with you, you know, for those specific roles, if it is something that they're already doing? Sure. So for our particular division, the professional division, we fill administrative, accounting and finance, human resources, marketing, sales. Um, and, and really, you know, we're looking for candidates that, you know, have good tenure, have, you know, good reasons for leaving um, on their resume, kind of explain what they've done. Um, and, you know, if, if you have the experience that we're looking for and it matches with what the client is looking for, then we're able to present seamlessly and kind of facilitate the whole process. Okay. And so, you know, what generally is the time frame for that recruiting process that you kind of just mentioned? So that's a great question and one that I get asked in almost every interview. Um, and it's one that is so ambiguous and um, that I can't really answer because it depends on the client. Um, and, you know, I've sat on the other side, so I know it can be frustrating to hear that. Um, but I think one of the great things about, you know, recruiting and Murray Resources in general is even if we don't have feedback, we will let you know we don't have feedback. So if there's no news, I'm at least going to call and say there's no news. I'm just as anxious as you are, just so, you know, you're kept informed throughout the entire process um, because the time frame, I mean, it really, like I said, it just depends. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's a great, you know, that's a great point. Cause I mean, I've known people that have, they've gone in for interviews and they've had, you know, six different interviews mm -hmm. each an hour long with, you know, some, you know, sometimes even a group of people yes. and, you know, it can be, you know, it can take days, you know, multiple days just right. to go through the interview process. And then, you know, I've been in interviews where things actually went really well, but it was, you know, just an hour, you mm -hmm. know, and it was one interview, maybe two. And, you know, that's kind of when you heard back. And so, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, you bring it up, it's, it's really all about the client. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. you have some large organizations that have really extensive, you know, kind of filtering processes. And then you have exactly. others that, you know, are, are, are a little more straightforward, a little right. more lean. So, right. um, and so what, what if, what happens if, you know, if you as a recruiter call someone, uh, you know, trying to recruit them, um, about a position that they're not interested in? So great question. Really no harm, no foul um, is what I like to tell my candidates. When I call them about a position, you know, I started off with um, I got an opportunity that I think fits the parameters that we talked about. So I just want to run everything by you, the commute, the job description, the compensation, the culture. And if there's one of those things that doesn't strike your interest or isn't exciting, I want you to be honest with me because that's that's how we get to know and work with our candidates is tailoring um, to what they're looking for. So if someone says, no, you know, downtown's really too far. I want to try to stay closer to the west side of town. I know not to call them about opportunities in downtown. So, um, you know, we just ask that the candidates be completely honest with us because the more honest they are, the better we can um, assist them in finding something. And we'll definitely continue to keep them posted on additional opportunities. Yeah, I think that's something I kind of wanted to clarify. I mean, you know, we... You know, you and I, and you know, you know, past guests, we've talked about how really recruiting firms are are here to serve the clients. While mm -hmm. and while that is true, you know, there is also a portion of you know of our jobs that that you know that you guys do actually service the candidates in some way. Absolutely. You know, if you if, if a good position comes up that you really, oh hey, you know, I remember Lucy. I think she'd be a great fit. Exactly. You know, there definitely is some sort of service for the candidate as well. So yes. I just don't want to you know negate well, their exactly. value. Yeah. Well, and and really, and I think I speak for a lot of the recruiters on our team. 
we are doing this because we love to help people. Exactly. I mean, this is why I, I'm in this job because it feels really great to help someone find their dream job. And, yeah. um, you know, like you said, we got to pay the bills. But if we yeah. can help people at the same time, that's a huge plus. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and so if, you know, say someone calls um, and you don't have that position, kind of what we talked about earlier, <laughs> how, how often should they check in? You know, obviously they're looking for a job. They're, you know, they're ready to transition, whether they are unemployed or whether they're in a job that they don't mm-hmm. really care for, for whatever reason. How, how often would you say, you know, with recruiters being a valuable asset, how often should they check in? Sure. So that's a great question. Um, I would say about once a week. Um, I think anything more than that can be a little much, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it's important to keep in mind that we're meeting five to six candidates a week. Um, and so as much as we want to be able to re- respond every single time with new feedback, we just don't have it. Kind of going back to the time frame question, we're at the mercy of the client as well. Um, so checking in once a week and email check-in is totally fine. Hey, Elizabeth, it's Scott. Just wanted to let you know I'm still looking. And that puts you back at the top of my mind um, so that if something comes in, you know, I know that you're the first person to call. Um, and and just one thing I like to say to all of my candidates is the second I know anything, you will be the second person to know. Um, so, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, I guess one of my, you know, another question that I have is we, you know, not we, but, you know, job seekers are, you know, are, are, are obviously looking for a job. And, you know, like I said earlier, they're either unhappy in their current job or they're unemployed looking for a job. What are some, you know, maybe strategies or techniques that you could recommend to kind of, I don't want to say, you know, for, for them to keep their cool, but, you know, for mm-hmm. them to stay motivated, you know, stay positive. Because, I mean, it can, like you said, it can be a very discouraging thing, you know, sure. just being told no or, yeah. you know, not getting any feedback. You know, all those can be fairly, you know, fairly negative. Sure. Um, well, you know, I think registering with a recruiting firm, one, because you feel like you have an advocate and someone that's on your side and... Um, whenever any of us make a placement back there, we're all celebrating, but for the candidate, because <laughs> there's no better feeling than calling someone and telling them you got the job. And so just, I think registering with more than one recruiting firm, but doing your research on who you're going to go see is important. That way you have lots of advocates that you're working with. Um, networking, I think is super important and huge, whether you're going to networking events, um, or just even on LinkedIn, joining different groups that kind of pertain to the field that you're searching for, um, I think would be great to kind of just keep you motivated during the process. Uh, could you speak more to the to the networking, specifically on LinkedIn? I mean, I know lots of people that, you know, they just strive to reach that 500 plus goal for the mm-hmm. connections. Yeah, I mean, but obviously just, you know, having a, you know, a blast shot of just connecting with anyone and everyone is probably not the best system. So, right. I mean, is there anyone that, you know that candidates should really kind of be focusing on to connect with? Should they even reach out to them via, you know, the the LinkedIn mail or, sure. you know, anything like that? Yeah, no, I definitely think it's important to be strategic about who you're reaching out to and jobs that you're applying to um, because recruiters have a certain view that job seekers don't have. So we're able to kind of see yeah. a little bit more. Um, and we do pay attention to what networking groups you're in. So if you're interested in, pursuing a career in HR and have a couple years in an HR position, you know, I, I like seeing that, okay, you're part of HR Houston or HR, um, you know, recent grads like that. So be strategic about the groups that you're joining um, and don't just feel like you have to have 500 plus connections. So that kind of brings us up to a good, you know, a good point. 
I, I've seen lots of people with different volunteer, you know, experience on their, on their LinkedIn or on their resume or different organizations that they're part of. How, how valuable is that? Cause obviously you have the, your job experience, mm-hmm. you know, whether that be internships, you know, temporary, full time, all of that's valuable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what, what weight does, you know, the volunteer and organizational experience, what, you know, does that hold any weight? Yeah. So, so. For me personally, it holds more weight when it's a candidate that's more of a recent grad and maybe doesn't have a ton of work experience Mm. because I like to see that while they were in school, they were keeping active um, with their community or, um, like you said, different volunteer projects. Um, And I will typically leave that on a resume when I'm presenting to a client. However, if it's someone that is 10 years into the job market, that really doesn't matter as much because it's more about the meat and potatoes of what they've done in their current positions. I focus more on that. If I feel like the volunteer work might be taking up too much space on a resume, that'll, that might be cut. Um, so I think it's more for those recent grads or anyone that's re-entering the workforce. We have some candidates that we work with that are re-entering, you know, after taking some time for whatever reason, it's good to see that they've kept busy volunteering for PTA or whatever it may be, um, during that time. And yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, so kind of touch on the recent grads Mm -hmm. for, you know, obviously college graduates, they may have, you know, one or two internships usually, Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously not a ton of, you know, full-time positions. Right. What, you know, what kind of material, you know, they're graduated, they're going into the job market. What kind of material should they include on their resume if they don't have a lot of actual job experience? Sure. So, I mean, exactly kind of what you just said, the volunteer work, uh, the internships, um, even jobs, um, I I really tend to gravitate towards candidates that have worked in the service industry or hospitality industry because it's so customer service centric. Yeah. Um, and I think, a, a, me personally, and I know a couple of the other recruiters here, we, we come from a service industry from being in school um, or from the service industry. And, and it just, um, seeing that they're able to, because a lot of the times they are, able to have good tenure there. Yeah. So seeing that they're, they were with a restaurant for five years, I think that says a lot about a candidate. So put that on there if you're a recent grad. Now, does time matter, you know, as far as did they, you know, did they hold this, you know, maybe restaurant position yes. in college or would it be relevant if they held it in high school, but, you know, maybe their senior or junior year, should yeah. that be something they include on the Absolutely. resume? Absolutely. If they're a recent grad, yes. I mean, because it it's impressive, I think, to be able to be, you know, even for adults now that have way more years of experience, sometimes you don't find that tenure. So to see that for someone who is just entering the workforce and, and kind of branching out on their own, it's impressive to see that they were able to sustain for five years and be successful. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, that's all the questions I have. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show today, uh, Liz. And, you know, it's been great hearing your answers to a lot of these questions. I know that that our audience is definitely going to really enjoy a lot of this information. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. You've reached the end of another episode of the Murray Resources Podcast. To learn more about us, visit our website or check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, don't forget to email us with your questions that you want to be answered during the show at podcast at murrayresources.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, and we'll see you next time.